Jesus is not a means to an end. The gospel is he came to redeem us from sin. And that is the message forever I'll yell. If you're living your best life now, you're headed for hell. Talk to it seems like the goal of Christianity is to be morally good. Like, essentially, to be a morally good Christian is to be a morally good American. Now, I know that's redundant. But what I mean is, we often appeal to the American moral code and try to fit the Bible into it. When really what the Bible is, is about death to life. Man, it's, it is about self-sacrifice. And it is about dying to oneself. Do not be transformed. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's, that's that's not physical; it's spiritual. And we, as a church, and I think what we're, we are, where we are um, missing the mark, our deception has come. It, when the Galatians say, "Who has bewitched you?" I would say, where the church is bewitched right now is our high priority is morality over spirituality, and. Um, I think it's a time to adjust. Our uh, system can be just shut down and taken from us instantly. And I think it's just an observation, man, that what can't be taken from us is our spiritual um, defense, our spiritual offense. Think of Daniel. Think of Daniel wasn't a spiritual man when uh, he went into captivity. Think about Daniel. Uh, if he wasn't a spiritual man, when he went into the lion's den, he would have been a fearful man. And so... Uh, he's a better example of how to be a Christian than I would say any American church is offering. So I would then ask, like, <clears throat> what's the genesis of the Christian church kind of going down more of a works, a moral agenda rather than a spiritual agenda? You know, I kind of think of scriptures like, um, let's see, where Jesus says, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me says it in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Uh, he says, and, to, and he said to all of them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. I feel like the denial part is one thing that we are really wrestling with uh, today in the church. Uh, the church is very much entertainment first. Um, they're trying to create a space for non-believers to feel welcome. I get the goal. However, um, I think what's happened is Christians now are more concerned about kind of how the church service looks, how it feels, rather than what's being taught or are they being held accountable to scripture. I find for me, <clears throat> this is something that's becoming very, um, like it's just a conviction I'm gaining where I want to draw near to Jesus, man. And, and I feel like, I feel like every time, um, I have some kind of step forward, it's like, man, it's through self-denial and having to forsake, uh, certain, you know, things that I've chased, certain practices that I've had, and even, uh, constructs that I've held for a long time, you know, like for instance, I was very much obsessed with trying to become on staff at a church. Uh, not, I wouldn't say obsessed, but I felt that was my calling, and and I I, I chased a church for money. You know, in reality, that's how blind I was that I was actually chasing the ministry um, to get paid. I felt if if I could have a, a money stream, you know, through the church, I would be activated to do more. But to be honest with you, man, it's I have to deny that. I was really just glorifying myself, looking for prestige. And ever since I've kind of abandoned um, that idea of being like that whole church pastor and, and pursuing that and really just pursuing a, a deeper relationship with, with King Jesus, Yeshua, you know, um, praying, you know, really holding myself to prayer and, and fasting and reading. And man, I just felt like a, a greater sense of purpose has come to, to me 
in being amongst like my family and friends, sharing Christ with them and being an encouragement to them. But I would say this, man, the thing that hinders the church the most is I say I have a little uh, a perception versus reality. Right. And Christians perceive that, you know, um, we want to be these moral giants and we want to be good. We want to be great examples. But the reality is, uh, you know, you know, Daniel disobeyed. They told him not to pray. He prayed. We have examples through scripture where, where, um, you know, going against what the government is saying is actually validated. And we don't always have to look to the world. Man, remember this, the world hates us. We'll never be a friend of the world. Jesus, or excuse me, Paul says in Galatians chapter one, verse 10, it's you cannot serve God and please man. And so I think, and that man is you too. You know, you can't be pleasing your flesh all the time and think you're pleasing God. And, uh, and the church really needs to take a step back and starts to reevaluate why they're even going to church, man. What is the relationship to uh, the congregants? What is the relationship to the pastor? What is the relationship to the elements, like communion? What is the, uh, how they've been baptized? That's another thing, you know, when we talk about a really watered down, kind of self-grandizing Christianity, we see a lot of people, um, this always gets me. And if you're listening to this, I, 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 I'm talking to you, that you come to faith and you say, oh, I'm not ready to be baptized. Well, then I would say you're not a follower of Christ, you know, because Jesus says, repent and be baptized and follow me. That's a simple. And honestly, if you can't obey a simple command of getting in a, in a, in a barrel of water, essentially just being dunked in water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, I don't mean to minimize it. I think baptism is a very deep spiritual meaning. That's the part where I'm getting at. We want Christianity to be good people. But when it comes to the practices, we completely neuter them. We take everything that's impactful and we 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 um, we mistreat them. Baptized, look, man, you're not saved being baptized, and I'm not really here to force a certain way you're going to baptize someone. And and then, but I would say this: there's something profoundly spiritual that happens when you obey baptism. Just like there's something profoundly spiritual when you obey communion. Just like there's something profoundly spiritual when you obey the spiritual laws of fighting this war we're here on earth. My wife and I have been growing tremendously. And a part of it, honestly, was me. And this is going to sound simple, but these are yet simple, impactful ways. And I'll show you minor ways where we deny ourselves and you start to allow, you know, Jesus and Yeshua to make an impact into the person you're, you're, you're fighting with spirit. And so my wife and I, now <clears throat> I'm going to give an example. It's obviously going to be her, you know, causing the issue. And it's me being the good guy, but uh, it, this this story could be told both directions. So anyhow, what my wife and what I try to do is is when she's frustrated, right? A lot of times I want to strike back, right? no, not physically, but you know she says something. I can be very sarcastic, and so I have a great temptation to try to burn her with sarcasm, right, and and be brutal with it. But um, that's not what God would want, man. God would want me to humble myself and pray for her and turn the other cheek. You know, these are good. These, the home is such a great way to practice spirituality on a on a very small scale. Um, because, man, if you think about the context of your home, first of all, you have to cast vision. If you're a man, you're listening to this. And, I, and I'll say right now, we're talking about denying oneself, right? So you're talking about the home. If you're a man, dude, and you're listening to this, I would say first and foremost, it's your job to create a structure. It's your job to create a, a, a essentially a castle. My wife and I were talking about this today, and I've put, I spent the last couple months really, and these are things that I've procrastinated on, and I've had a season where I walked away from the Lord recently, and even you get back and you start putting 
Yeshua first and you start praying and reading more and, and your convictions and structures get back to very, you know, biblical structure. And so my wife and I have been very consistent on putting, uh, um, putting, uh, structures together in our home that cost us our time. So we have to be intentional. We have to plan. Okay. At six o'clock, you know, eight o'clock, we have to do the catechism with the kids on Sunday night. So we're very intentional in those last two hours is getting the kids ready and making sure things are calm. This is vision casting. It took me about, took me about almost two months to really get this implemented, but now it's pretty consistent to the point where if I, randomly gone on a Sunday or a Wednesday night. That's kind of like our two main catechism nights. My wife will continue on and vice versa. Um, I had, you know, the role of her is to create the home, to create the touch of rest, to create the touch of comfort. When, we, when me and my kids come home, you know, um, we want a place to rest. And that's my beautiful wife, man, her touch when she has that mixed with the spirit and the gift sense. And she puts that feminine, beautiful, motherly touch on the home. It's powerful, man. And then we have this great, we have this great sanctuary in our home where our home is, is comforting and rest for my wife and my family and myself. But it's also a place of protection for my wife, my family and myself because I've created a spiritual structure that's developing our kids and ourselves. And we take pride in defending our home. And so, but it took self-denial. And these are minor things. And, and what my, my goal to show you is, man, if you can't self-deny in your home, put some video games away, quit jacking off to pornography. Uh, smoking weed too much, uh, whatever it is, man, that you are, you are frivolously engaging in that is causing you to neglect responsibilities in your home. You need to repent, Christian man. You need to repent and, and honestly take these things serious. We need to take the faith serious. You know, um, you know, we have a society, man, and this is what's crazy. We have a society that straight out hates us, right? And yet we do everything to please them. We are so hell-bent on just creating spaces for them to feel welcome because we don't want to offend them. Well, my response is, yeah, I don't want to offend them either, but I also don't want to forsake um, I don't want to forsake a place of comfort and communion when I'm gathering with my saints. You know, I, I often feel like the church, man, it's a, self, it's a, it's a holy huddle. And, and, and look, man, if, if somebody who's not of the faith shows up, of course they should be welcome and assimilated in. But the structure itself, man, I feel really it's for a believer to show up and be nurtured and build up. Now, you can have both, absolutely. But I think the the energy and the, the direction of any congregation that gathers, and a church could be a home church. It's just a gathering of believers looking to glorify Jesus through the Bible, you know, deny themselves and pick up their cross and follow him, right? And, and I feel like when I go to church, man, that's what I want. I'm not looking to save souls on a Sunday morning. I'm looking to restore mine, even though my soul can be restored every day through the blood of the lamb. But it says in Hebrews, man, don't forsake the assemblies of the saints. You know, and, and these are, you have to ask yourself, what is that? Is that the church structure? Not necessarily all the time. You know, um, you know, the assembling of the saints is gathering with believers and growing in your faith. And, you know, you obviously want to be careful who you're rolling with and what connections you have because you don't want to find yourself doing weird stuff, drinking poison in the middle of Texas. That's an obviously no-brainer for those of you who are young and don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Waco, Texas. I believe it was Jim Jones or David Koresh. You could do the research. But one of these crazy dudes out there poisoned his congregants. And that's nonsense. But see, we get deceived by that because we are not denying ourselves. You know, even a man like that, to lead a ton of people astray, that's because, man, they were being told things they wanted to hear. Their ears were being tickled. And it could have been through prosperity or, or, or uh, lasciviousness, right, and sensuality, you know, and, and 
and people would look for, you know, I remember when I first became a Christian, right? Um, um, a buddy of mine told me, well, your girlfriend's like your wife, so it's okay to continue to sleep with her. And I remember I'm like, wow, that's awesome. But then I thought to myself, that can't be true. Immediately, even as a young Christian, and really what it was, was obviously he manipulated scripture. Um, you know, how he came to the conclusion, I have no idea. That's a pretty difficult conclusion to kind of come to, to be honest with you. You have to really ignore a sexual structure that God has instituted. And, um, but yeah, man, and, and that's another area. Like we look at selflessness, right? And then we look at the home creating these, these structures and these places for uh, our home, for safety. And then we look and we see what's going on on TV, man. And, and what's sad is, is like Kim Kardashian, you know, these women who really, and Cardi B, uh, uh, and Nicki Minaj, and, and these entertainers. Who's this Billy Ish? Billy Ish? Like, I've never heard of this girl, and she has all these Grammys. And all these women are thrown at our young daughters, and they're over-sexualizing them. And they're teaching our daughters to look at men through the lens of sex as objects. And it's so sad, man, when I see Christians just forsake their role in the home, and they allow the world to raise their children, and they wonder why their kids, you know, do the things they do. I get it, man. I can raise my kids in the most religious structure. They could do their own thing. They are their own people. But church overall, it's it's a fact, man. Most people, once they hit 18, they bounce from the church. And there's a reason why. We have to ask ourselves. And honestly, we always look to the church. We always look to the church. But man, I'm going to point it back to the home. This is an issue of the home. Your child, your ch- the amount of discipleship your child should receive at church is equivalent to sprinkles on a cupcake. Okay, the youth pastor should just be sprinkles on your cupcake. What your little kid is. That's essentially what they've become. Modern day cupcakes. They're soft. They don't have this ability to stand up for anything unless it's selfishness. And where do they learn that from? The home. Because the home never created safe spaces. It always taught the law was oppressive by its actions. Maybe not in its words. They would teach that God's law is good, but in their actions, they would teach it's oppressive. But God's law is a guardrail. And if we don't institute those guardrails, our kids can fly off the highway with ease. And so we have to look and, and start to say, where am I not denying myself? Where am I like the world? Maybe because I have, I don't know, a TV in every room. I have a subscription to Netflix, which is owned by people who hate Jesus and want to influence your kids sexually. They want to distort their minds spiritually. And we just leave our kids. We run rampant. Oh, we have them on kid mode. And, and, and then we leave them on Amazon Prime. With no filters. And then we think, oh, no, 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 we can give them pure flicks. Like that's just, that's just a, that's just a watered down version of the same things that are being sold in secular TV. It's just changing, you know, um, you know, it's like Christians. They'll change the word fuck to fudge, right? It's the same thing. You have the same impact. You have the same intent in your speaking. And that's essentially what pure flex is to Netflix. And there's some good stuff. You could be inspired. You can be emotionally built up. And I think your kids would be better off listening to Pure Flex than listening to uh, Netflix. However, parents, where are you? Where are you keeping yourself accountable to your children? Man, that is your responsibility. God has put them in your life to train them up. They are, they are, they are lights, lamps to be lit, man, not candles to be snuffed out. We have to empower them. Give them wisdom, man. I love reading. Man, when you go to... um. Proverbs chapter 4, right? Let me pull that up right here as I have the Bible in front of me. I love, I just love what we get in um, this passage in Proverbs 4. And I really, really would love to see the church. Here we go. 
really, really see the, love to see the church really implement this. And he starts, look at verse 1. Hear, O sons. Now look, yes, he's going to be a father to a son. Get your, get that out of your head. Uh, this can be for young ladies as well. Obviously, uh, um, it's written to a son. But fathers, you are to raise up your son and train them up different than your daughter. So there is some, some intentionality going on here. So hear, O sons, a father instruction and be attentive that you might gain insight. For I give you good precepts, that's laws, right? Do not forsake my teaching. He's telling them. Now look at this. He's continuing on a generation. Look at Proverbs 4, 3, 4 chapter 4, verse 3. When I, was, when I was a son, right, with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, it's the only child. He taught me, verse 4, and said, let your heart hold fast to my words, keep my commandments, and live. Then he just talks about getting wisdom, getting wisdom. This is simple. But you know what I see here? I see a son that feels welcomed in his father's lap because he's not, uh, uh, um, you know, he's receiving wisdom from his father. A lot of times we, we come to our kids with correction and we don't give them wisdom. And, and, and saints, I want to encourage you, start imparting wisdom to your kids while you're telling them the consequences. Hey, yeah, you want to fool around with that? Fine. Fool around with your mind my back. But here's the consequences. And when you fool around with sin, God's protection is not on you. Your salvation's fine. I'm not talking about that. But if you are going to distort God's law, he will remove his hand. You're going to go play around sexually and you get a girl pregnant? That is on you. That is a responsibility you have to bear. But it is wisdom to know. It's foolish to keep our kids in the dark and just tell them, don't do it. Tell them why. Then preach life into the beauty of marriage, parents, if you even know what it is. Tell them that they have a role to build women up, to protect women. And not to go and just lust on them and to treat them as objects. That way when they're married to them, they look at them completely different and throw tantrums where they don't get sex. When they're, because they are forsaking, they're forsaking their role and building their wife up. These are things, man, we can learn from scripture. But it takes self-denial. And if you're not willing to deny to yourself, then you're not willing to do what it takes to, 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 to raise the name of Yahshua, right? To, to lift his name high. And that's what we got to ask ourselves. What are we in this for? Are we in this for ourselves? Then have at it, man. Enjoy your TBN. Enjoy your selfism. Enjoy your great worship and your, 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 your comforting teaching. And if you're in this for growth, you need to be on your knees repenting, looking at scripture and asking God to help you. Jacob wrestled God. He didn't just show up. He wrestled with God and had his hip dislocated and to those of you out there who are just like yo i got jesus he ain't an accessory he's not an accessory like a prosthetic limb you don't just put him on when you need him oh things are messed up jesus help me no forget that man he is the lens in which you view life he is all of you in you and he should be overflowing through you and the only way the holy spirit will over will, will overflow through you is when you submit to the teaching and practices of Christianity, like Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. There's discipline, saints, and we need to engage in those disciplines because let me tell you something. Your salvation is free, yes, but your relationship with Jesus is conditional in the sense of rewards, cursings, and blessings, okay? And no, I'm not talking blessings of receiving material possessions. No, no, that's, that's heresy. I'm talking blessings of walking fully in the spiritual power that God has given us. When the, when the Bible talks about that we have power, that the Holy Spirit is dunamis power, 
that when he talks about the spirit will be overflowing. You want to know why he's not? It's because we're too busy filled with ourselves and not filling ourselves with Jesus through repentance and observation of scripture. We're too busy tearing. I can't submit to my husband. We tear that passage out. Why well, can't I lead that crazy broad? And we, and we think foolishness. So, so saints, please take scripture for reals, man. This is something that I am growing in. And I love as you read through Proverbs 4, the one thing I always, always love. And yes, remember, it's kind of off of a biblical discipline. In, in Proverbs, but how wisdom yells for you, right? His wisdom is just screaming. That's a beautiful thing. Wisdom's there for you, saints. And if you're struggling and you, you, you need to cast vision from your home, let's pray together. DM me. Let's pray. Let's build a community of men and women and pray and build one another up because we're in this together. We're in this together. And while society tries to come in and feminize your boys, and masculinize your girls, and confuse you guys, and, and take away purpose, leaving kids wandering with no vision. Man, call me, man. Let's cast vision on these kids. Let's teach them that God created us male and female in his own image to glorify him, and that the way he made you, the uniqueness he made you, you can glorify God, but it takes you taking you and first submitting, denying yourself, picking up your cross, and following Yeshua to the end. All right, saints. Well, leave me a message. Let me know what you think. Give me anything you want me to. Uh, if you have another talk, topic you'd like to discuss, feel free to, to, to leave it in my bio or excuse me, in, my, uh, in the message. Please write a review. Give a share. And I appreciate you.